You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Is that better? Oh, awesome. All right. So for first service, I started off with um, I've got good and bad news, and that's that I'm not Fred Ligon. That's either good or bad to you. But then, like, I'd have to add that it's a good thing you guys are in second service because first service did not go the way I planned it. I said that prayer about whatever I say is not supposed to, and then it turns out that I I thought my notes were single-sided print, and it was double-sided, and I cut them in half, so I had everything up here, and I'm all disheveled, and uh, we got through it, but it definitely wasn't as crisp as it should have been. So then I was talking to my sisters in Christ back there, Tammy and Sherry, and they're like, we just expect you to throw the notes and just go off, uh, you know, off the top of your head, and I was like, well, I wasn't expecting to do that, but it, it gave me some confidence here because... You know, I, I, I do know what I want to say, and I don't want to be relying on that. So I'm, I'm glad we're pushing forward this way, and I'm glad that you guys are here in Second Service to hear this message this way. So just to recap, Fred is out for a sabbatical. He's working on his dissertation. He's going to be gone for a while, so there's going to be some uh, temporary ask of the church to kind of put it on the other leadership shoulders, the leadership and the staff. So we've divided that work evenly, and... Jason, Aaron, Garrett, Jason, Aaron, Garrett, John, myself, and Stephen are all here for compliments and approval and anything good you have to say. <laughs> Latanya and Ethan are here to take any criticisms or negative things that you have to say, especially about this particular morning which I'm going to talk. So we're in the Advent season, the season of waiting for what came and what is to come with the kingship of Christ and the creation that God has made. And that's where we are. And in preparation for this series, I read. I read a lot of the Advent texts, the typical texts. I started in Luke, and I just started reading down in Luke. And when you guys read, or if you have something to read, because I'm, I'm not a big reader, I'm an audible guy, but when you guys are reading, do you 
typically have images pop up in your head while you're reading. Maybe you're distracted a bit. Maybe you're like me and you're so like tied to conversation being in short bursts and text messages and stuff that your images are like memes. Does anybody have that? Am I alone here? Anybody? I get one, one person. All right, so this specific meme popped into my head and that was, um, have you guys ever seen, it's a cartoon dog. He's sitting in an office, he's drinking a cup of coffee, and behind him the fires are blazing in the office. You guys, most people know what that is. I said it to my mom, she had no idea what I was talking about. She was like, scrap that from whatever you're going to say. So I'm like, just if you haven't seen the image, just like, he's sitting there sipping coffee, like everything is great. And behind him, the entire office is just ablaze with fire. And the caption is typically, um, this is fine. Right? So it's like a juxtaposition. So that's what popped up in my head. So I'm going to read this for you guys so that we can formulate this together from my reading. I don't know why. But in the days of King Herod of Judah, this is uh, Luke 1, 5 through 25, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. When his division was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God, it happened that he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. At the hour of the incense, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing right to the right of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified and overcome with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, because your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear your son, and you will name him John. There will be joy and delight for you, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord and will never drink wine or beer. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. He will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children, and the disobedient to the understanding of the righteous, to make ready for Lord, the Lord a prepared people. How can I know this? Zechariah asked the angel. For I am an old man, and my wife is well along in years. Don't ever say that. <laughs> the angel answered him, as his wife probably would have. I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. Now listen, you will become silent and unable to speak until the days these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their proper time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah, amazed that he had stayed so long in the sanctuary. When he, did, when he did come out, he could not speak to them. Then they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He was making signs to them and remained speechless. When the days of his ministry were completed, he went back home. 
After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived and kept herself in seclusion for five months. She said, the Lord has done this for me. He has looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. So, open conversation here. What do you guys pull out of this text? What's that? Don't call your wife old. Numero uno. You will be stricken without the ability to speak. Yes, ma'am. The Lord keeps his promise. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that is more toward the uh, end of Luke when John is born. But yes, absolutely. The Lord keeps his promise. Anybody else in this specific text pull anything out? The Lord keeps his promise at his time. He keeps his promise at his time. Right. Absolutely. I, I had read, I think it's like 400 years of doing this routine, waiting for God to come. And they're in the temple still doing these routines. Yeah. But he was not, they, they accepted it in different ways and because of that, different. You know, and it, and it, it um, to kind of summarize what you're saying, both were right by God, but both took the information in two different directions. Elizabeth seemed more accepting of it, Zachariah seemed more, and, it, and it's weird because Zachariah was visited by an angel. It says he was terrified, he was caught with fear. So it's like this, this must have been a huge, impactful moment, and he went with, wait, what? No, I'm too old. And it's, yeah, I mean, it's jarring now. I've not been in his position before, so I don't know. Maybe that, you know, maybe I would have the same... Belief and unbelief. Belief and unbelief, yeah. Maybe I would have the same reaction. It's probably a, a wrong generalization, but it seems that men tend to respond that way and women tend to respond. I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> Gender generalization. I'm going to move on. <laughs> Moving on. I think favor, too. He found favor in him. He did. He found favor in both of them, it says in the text. I, I was telling Aaron, I didn't know if I was going to put this in, but I was like, I'm truly to say the word both, which has a TH, but in Philly we say the TH with the F. So both. Also, it's very ironic that Zechariah is the religious leader. He's the and he's unbelieving, and here you have Mary, a 14-year-old teenager girl, and she believes. So you would think it would be the reverse, but, you know, particularly because he's a priest, he's a religious right. leader, and he's having a hard time believing. Right. The fact that Zachariah is a priest, so he is somebody who is supposed to be expected to know these things and and be ready for these things. And he is, you know, of disbelief. But yes, the same angel visits Mary. And Mary's like, okay, use me the way you will. I mean, that absolutely is so telling. It probably gets into that gender thing that was just said over here that I'm not going to touch. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I saw a hand go up back there. Yes,
wish I wish you had a microphone to be picked up because that 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 is awesome. Theology Thursday, absolute plug for that. But yeah, I mean, yes, absolutely. She, in that time period, not having a child would have been a very big deal. You have nobody to give your possessions, your livelihood to. I mean, it would have been a very big deal. And she's already past age, and she's like, I'm done. And then she gets this news, and she's just like, God, you made me whole. Yeah. That's absolutely, absolutely correct. Yes, ma'am. Yes, she was already humble. She was right by God. So she was. Yeah, she was waiting this entire time, but yet she didn't do it in such a way that she was not right by God, because the Scripture says that she was right by God in this, even though she was waiting this entire time. You guys are a lot more awake than first service. <laughs> but again, my notes and all that stuff. So, at the End of Luke, still in chapter 1, we get uh, the conclusion of, of this part of the story, where it says, meanwhile, oh, no, I'm sorry, this is uh, Luke 1, oh, you don't, okay, that's fine, that's fine. We're all family here. And this is still way better than first service, I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. So Luke 1, 76 through 79. And you, child, this is Zechariah is now able to speak. So John is born. He named John by writing his name down and immediately was able to speak. And it says he... He sang, so it must have been some overjoy that came through. And he's saying, And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare his way, to give his people knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. Because of our God's merciful compassion, the dawn on high will visit us, to shine on those who live in the darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. So this is where I landed with that image. So I told you that image that popped in my head, that popular meme of that dog sitting there sipping coffee. Everything's okay even though all the flames burst up around him. I thought, I would put a new image on there. And my image would be that dog and it'd be a lot more drawing. Getting up, getting a bucket, throwing it on those flames to put him out and going to help the other people in the building that he's in that is on fire. And the caption would be, the path to peace. I think, especially myself, when I think about peace, sometimes I think of what my son said, Ronan, when he said, you know, being quiet. You know, yes, that feels like peace to me in my house because, you know, I've got the kids running all around and when they're quiet, I feel peaceful. But in my reflection, I'm like, maybe peace isn't tranquility. Maybe peace isn't just quiet. Maybe peace isn't just the, the immediate image you could have of what I'm saying about the flames being around the dog and saying, well, he's peaceful in the midst of struggle. Maybe it's different than that. Maybe there's something more. So if we read further in Luke, Luke 12, be ready for service and have your lamps lit. 
You are to be like people waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can open the door for him at once. Blessed will be those servants the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, he will get ready, have them recline at the table, then come and serve them. If he comes in the middle of the night or even near dawn and finds them alert, blessed are those servants. But know this, if the homeowner had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also be ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. So here's my premise when I was reading. What if peace is not tranquility? But what if peace is readiness? Readiness to serve, like the very beginning of that chapter says. What if peace is being ready to serve? Or be in service to God? So then I think about that and I put it in context for myself. I'm like, well, there's hardships that I've said yes to in the service to God that have ended up in a peacefulness in the rest of my life in a way that's more so than just when my kids stop screaming. Right? I found that peace, the winter shelter, staying up all night and then working the next day. Some generous act of, uh, some creative act of generosity, peace in that. Some stepping out in faith, there's peace in that. So I, I, as a reflection, as a reflection, I believe that our imaginations this Advent season should be challenged and pushed in a way where we, in this season, reimagine what our lives could be like if we put that into practice. So if we ponder on, and as a collective imagination, because that's what we're supposed to do as, as followers, is put our collective imagination to what peace could mean in this manifestation of the body and then all over. So I want to leave you with this because I believe that Zechariah was a man right by God, but I believe that he wasn't ready for the moment. And the moment was that at that moment, he didn't believe God can do the impossible. And that's what I want us to ponder on and imagine this Advent season of pieces. What ways can we imagine God using us because God is able to do the impossible. So then as a reflection of that, I, I went to 
Psalm 29, and I read and I said, this just gives me a poetic way of talking about the, the ability of God to do the impossible. So ascribe to the Lord. Give the Lord this. Give this to the Lord as He deserves it because it's an attribute of Him. Ascribe to the Lord, you heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory to His name. Worship the Lord in splendor of His holiness. The voice of the Lord is above the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord above the vast water. The voice of the Lord in power. The voice of the Lord in splendor. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord shatters the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the woodlands bare. In his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned, king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. That's it, guys. That last line there sums it up all for me. The Lord gives his people strength to do what? You guys imagine. And the Lord blesses his people with peace out of that. Amen. You're listening to the podcast of Williamsburg Christian Church, a community of faith joining God's pursuit of restoring lives. We hope you enjoy this week's podcast.